creator and small business, someone to support and buy from this Christmas. Russ Creative recently launched an online store featuring consciously created products such as guided journals, affirmation card decks, creative caps, and more, with a desire to support humans tap into their creative essence. You can join the community at rust underscore creative on Instagram, and you can find their products at rustcreative.com.au. We've bought hats from Viv, and we absolutely love her and her products, so go and support her and find some excellent stuff tailor-made for artists. Hi family, welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about creating and being an artist, being a creative over the Christmas period and how we can deal with that in terms of rest versus play, rest versus, you know, making and creating and also just how we can thrive as creatives in an environment that's often difficult when we see family or just have to, you know, I guess we're not seeing as much family this year. No, we're not. But we're probably still going to have more interactions with family than we normally would, even if that's even on Zoom. I mean, obviously, being in Australia, we have to deal with it normally since COVID doesn't really exist here at the moment. But so we'll have the full face to face. Yeah. But um, for those of you in Europe and America, like, yeah, maybe it won't be as big of an issue, but it's still worth something. I think something that can apply to any time you have to talk about your creativity with your family. Yeah. I, I find that over the last few years, I've just heard from creatives more and more that there's it's just such a stressful time over Christmas and they get the, oh, what are you doing? Or have you finished your book yet? Oh, you're doing that, are you? Oh, you need a backup job. Like, you know, a lot of those kind of comments a lot more over Christmas time, a lot more intrusive and not understanding muggle bullshit pops up. So I thought we should talk about that today. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about strategies of how to respond or do you want to talk about like mindsets to, to bring into it? Let's talk about it all. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, how to how to respond, I, I really struggle with this. Like um, just the people, I don't think they even care about being tactful in the situation as well, as well, which is really weird because like, you know, if you were talking to someone who had a really normal job, you wouldn't, you know, be prying into whether or not they were super successful at it or not. Yeah. But for some reason, people think that's really appropriate with artists. Uh, For some reason, there's just a whole different set of social and cultural rules around how you can speak to artists and how you can treat artists. And I completely agree. Like you wouldn't pry into your someone who's a lawyer and like what's going in the intricacies of their day to day lawyer life. Well, certainly you would ask very surface level things like, oh, you know, how's work? And then that might just end in 20 seconds but if it's a writer or if it's a creative then it's always like well have you made money off it yet mm. like fuck off and even if, and you know what the funny thing i find is like even in your case amy where you are making money out of it people still don't think that's enough like yeah that's you might think oh once i become a professional artist then those questions will go away but people are still shit like they still don't get it yeah i mean like this has been a really big issue for me throughout my whole creative life and I'm really back and forth on how do I deal with it like I still really dislike the what do you do question and I still find it challenging to answer and I I go back and forwards between wanting to protect myself and not dive into it because I understand that I'm communicating with someone who won't understand and also wanting to you know take pride in the work that I do take pride in my art and owning it and it goes back and forwards and I think that's not a bad thing I think you know when you're talking to someone who you know is determined and committed to misunderstanding you then you're allowed to put up boundaries there and you're allowed to be evasive and you don't owe them anything Mm. and so I think you know particularly like I mean you're sometimes your grandparents can really go for you and what you're up to like there's no point in trying to explain it to them after a while you know especially for me because um 
when I talk to my grandparents about what I'm doing day to day, essentially all, what I'm doing is I'm supporting Amy. And they think, I think that's not a very masculine thing. They, they mm. see that as, as like a, um, you know, oh, well, you know, as the man, you, should, you shouldn't just be supporting your wife in her business. That's, that doesn't count as real work. Mm. So there's an extra layer of that as well. And then they're like, oh, and your books haven't even been published either. So you're just some kind of um, waste of space. Yeah. Which I kind of just laugh off, to be honest with you, because I, as Amy says, like, there's just a barrier I have to put up there now. Like, there's no point trying to engage them with yeah. them. Yeah. In fact, you know, when my when my grandparents ask me what I'm doing now, I'll just be like, oh, you know, dealing drugs. And <laughs> to be honest with you, that gets that gets me out of the conversation quicker. <laughs> they just sort of laugh and they move on. And uh, I don't know, maybe like in an ideal world, I'd stand up for myself and be like, well, do you know, like actually what I do is really important for Amy and her business. And uh, and I find it really rich and fulfilling and much more yeah. fulfilling than, than I found any other work I've ever done in my life. Like I could go on that rant, but they'll just laugh at me. Yeah. I mean, again, like that, they're committed to a misunderstanding. Mm. And they, they don't have, it's like trying to change someone's opinion, you know, in this tense political sphere. Like everybody knows where they're at and they're not going to budge. Mm. And I think a lot of that happens again when we're trying to pr- talk about our creativity. People are committed to misunderstanding you and you don't have to, owe, you don't owe them anything. So really, I think the priority there, if you're uh, going to have to deal with family in this festive season that are, are not going to understand you and you know that there's no wiggle room there for you to put up barriers um, and have perhaps phrases like I have a few phrases that really help me just like shut down a conversation I often use the word I teach writing that helps people especially of an older generation who they just can't understand what I do um, so I, I frame it as like I'm a teacher mm. and that kind of shuts it down yeah. I often just lie yeah lying I mean I think I just wanted to highlight in this situation it's just perfectly valid to lie yeah. Like, if you just know you're talking to an absolute asshole, like, yeah. just lie. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Again, it's... They're not... like Because they're not... They don't have your best interests at heart. Yeah. So sometimes you, should, sometimes you just need to look after your own mental health and diffuse the situation. Exactly. But often with family, they, they know, like, maybe you've told them, oh, I'm writing a book. And then they, then they might be like, well, any publishers interested? Yeah. Which is totally fucking beside the point. Yeah. And like that... But that's what they see as the only... The only purpose... The only reason you could be writing a book is because, like, you... You're, on, you're like, it's like either you become a New York Times bestseller this year, otherwise, or you're a failure. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about this in the, in the book that I'm writing at the moment for the burnt out artist of the strange dichotomy of between like muggles expect creatives to either have made a lot of money or they're embarrassing for wanting to make a lot of money. So you're either a failure for not making the money or you're embarrassing for wanting to make a lot of money, and it's just like a fucked dichotomy there and it's just unfair and again like that i think you're right like in this situation we have we have to give ourselves permissions to just keep ourselves safe and to sanctify our like you know inner child because these are if we're not careful like this can really wound our inner child and we can really let it get to us and i know i used to let it get to me so badly to the point where i was extremely anxious when i had to see certain people um and so and now i do have you know my lines that i feed to certain members of our family and you know it's crazy because you now make as much money through your creativity as you ever made in your day job. So it's like, yeah. but when Amy would go up to someone and say, oh, I'm a waitress, that was so much more relaxing to them. Like, yeah. And that's so like, much more rela- like they were just, people were at ease with that answer. But you know, when, when we try and explain what Amy does, like, I'm sure you could be making a hundred million dollars a year. 
and people, and people still would be like, still be like, what the fuck? You have no right to exist and do that job. Yeah. I think I like what you said. Like it relaxes them to hear an answer mm. that they understand. And I think if we want to talk about like what's actually happening for this other person who's committed to misunderstanding you, like you make them very uncomfortable with your, the audacity and the bravery of, of con- taking your creativity seriously. And I think that's what's happening in that horrible moment of them prodding you and asking about how much money you make and asking if it's really sensible is your audacity, your bravery, your vulnerability and your generosity has just triggered the shit out of them and they are in defense mode and they have no idea what to do and they're being cunts about it. Mm. Yeah, and they're not even going to try often. Like, you know, it, it annoys me so I've talked about it on this podcast before, but, you know, when... I hear someone, they're like, oh, I'm a lawyer. And then I have to pretend to be interested. Like, society demands that I then pretend to be interested in their boring as fuck job. Like, I'm sorry, I've got a lot of good friends who are lawyers. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm not that interested in your job. I'm pretending to be, like, to be nice to you. I'm so sorry to, to burst the bubble right now. And to be honest with you, it's interesting because a lot of our really close friends know our, how we feel about this. Um, and once again, maybe we listen to this. Um, and they've become really good at asking us really good questions. About yeah, they have. And it's really lovely to see. But then the weird thing is that when people actually genuinely start to take an interest in my creativity, I'm so not used to it that I go on the defensive. Yeah. Does that I mean, happen to you? That's such a good point. Um, I know, you know we have some really beautiful close friends who really listened to us and listened to our experience as creatives talking about our creativity. And they're really good at being like, how is it going? You know? And... It is funny, like, I'm not practiced at that. And so when it happens, I'm like, we must shut this conversation down pretty much as soon as I fucking possibly can Mm. and I must leave. I agree. And I think that's because that's from wounding. That's an inner child wound. I'm scared. I don't want to... I'm very aware of the possibility of being misunderstood. And for me, as an Enneagram 4, I'm very afraid of being misunderstood. And I don't like the idea that someone's going to get the wrong end of the stick of what I do. And so when people actually do give me the like an opportunity to sit in who I am and, and, and share what I do, I do panic. Mm. I mean, even you, James, you can get defensive with me. Yeah. Like I can ask you how something's going creatively and you are just like, shut me out. Don't want to talk about it because we've just been drilled. It's just been drilled into us. Like mm. It takes so much bravery and like I have to really consciously think about actually be like no i'm going to let myself talk about this right mm. now but and i think i think every time i do it it does get a little bit easier yeah but it's still really hard yeah maybe this is a good way to to take the conversation because obviously there are going to be people that we need to be careful with and we need to protect ourselves from but what if you know there is an opportunity where someone genuinely just wants to understand what you're up to creatively like how do we do that and i think for both of us the lesson here is we need to take like a deep breath and realize that we're not under attack when someone's actually asking us about it yes but it's so like literally my brain cannot differentiate between genuine and (laughs) non-genuine at the moment but you're right like we should make a more of an effort to genuinely engage with it i think the other thing is that um and obviously once again i want to just say thank you to all our lovely friends who take put take the effort and the time to ask us about creativity but um often they come from a place where they don't really know anything about creativity like Mm. and so like they'll be like how's the book going and out of just a really genuine lovely from a really genuine lovely place and i'll be like i start panicking because i'm like well they don't understand what it means to write a book so i like i can't i don't know how to explain it to them mm. and i can't explain the process they don't like they don't know how long this freaking task takes and like how many ups and downs there are and how like 
you know, actually it's okay for it to go badly because that's a really normal part of the process. And like, yeah. I don't know how to explain to you these things. So like the, it's a big I, conversation. Yeah. It's such a big conversation. I think until it's really hard for people to empathize with it unless they've tried it themselves. Yeah. And I'm guessing this would be so applicable to any type of creative art, not just writing a book. Like, mm. you know, we all have such intricacies and we all, you know, there's such specifics around each of our crafts that it's hard to give in a snapshot over the Christmas table, you know, especially over a fucking Zoom, yeah. a Zoom phone call where your aunt's like, oh, how are you going? How's your paintings? And yeah. it's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah very difficult really mm. food for thought for both of us there i think and i think the other thing is if if you are an independent artist like it's gonna make it even harder again like if amy if you had a publishing contract with penguin it'd be so easy it would be no it, it would be probably, so- it would still be hard i i guarantee it would still be harder than if you had a um regular nine to five but it would be easier yeah just that external validation and, and that's like and you've just got to remember that's not because what you're doing is bad it's just a story that those people are telling themselves. Yeah. It, and it's a story they've never questioned and it's a story that they want to maintain because it's easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, what you're saying, if you if you say, oh, I'm an independent artist and I'm not needing external validation or permission for anyone to do the work that I'm doing, is you're saying, you could do this too. Mm. And that's so confronting. Because they're like, well, how, how are you doing it? Like, And you're like, I'm doing it because I want to do it. And I gave myself permission and now I'm doing it. Just like you could do it if you wanted to do it, which I bet you do. Yeah. And it's like alarming and mm. maybe a bit confusing, really. It's really like people think it's so audacious to chase a dream, I think. Mm. And, and then for you to bloody succeed without anyone telling you're allowed to succeed. Yeah. That's even more audacious. Like Totally. You remember I had um, uh, an, an interlude with a family member who had dipped into the podcast and all they could say was, you just swear so much on it. I just couldn't believe it. Are you okay? As if, like, the fact that you say fuck a few times means that you're mentally unwell. Literally, it was just the most bizarre interaction at our family event because I was like, so you've dipped into my world. You've chosen to listen to my podcast, which is really kind. But now the only thing, and it was literally the only thing that they could think about, like, they didn't say anything about the content of the podcast. They were genuinely concerned for my well-being because of how much I say the word fuck. And I was just like, I was really annoyed. Yeah. Sorry, we've cancelled that family member now. Hopefully they haven't you continued. Know you, are. you know who you are. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Almost off my chat just then. Um, yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Definitely we're not there yet. Either of us, I don't think. No. Maybe maybe you never are. Maybe it's just a very challenging situation when it mm. comes to this kind of thing. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but the older your family member is, often the harder it is to talk to them about it. Yeah. Because they have Living a much more world. traditional view of art. Like, it is a really different landscape now. Yeah really different like we know so many independent artists now yeah whereas you know even 10 years ago you wouldn't have seen almost any anyone would have had like a label or would have had a publisher or would have had um some kind of connection to a to a gatekeeper um that's not necessarily the case anymore and people don't realize that like people are still 20 years behind in their understanding of what the arts are yeah like people people don't know that chance the rapper doesn't have a label Mm -hmm. yeah but he doesn't. <laughs> he does it all by himself. So they're like, you know, that's some people people don't consider that possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I want to say now is like, if you are someone who you know is going to have like a really difficult conversations is that you are so worthy and I'm so proud of you and what you're doing is so fucking audacious and brave and you are totally on the right track. Even if you don't feel like you're there yet, you are on the path. And I just want you to sit with that knowledge 
and like kind of try and sit back into yourself and like wrap your inner child up in a little blanket and be like, you were doing so well. And even though there's all this noise and all this misunderstanding, that's their shit and you are on the path and you are doing so well. And just keep coming back to that. Um, and like, I really love to imagine my inner child. I like to imagine like wrapping her up and like giving her like hot chocolate and like patting her on the head and being like, you're doing a really good job. Like just ignore everyone else. Everyone else is fucking dumb. You are the magic. Just hold on to that magic. And there's nothing wrong with just leaving a conversation. Just the full-on look them right in the eye and don't reply. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're sat at a table with someone, it's harder, but like... I mean, luckily, I feel like in a Zoom... If you had a Zoom catch-up on Christmas You'd or something... You'd be like, what? Like, you just what? pretend you could <laughs> Oh, I've lost you. It's on mute. Nothing wrong with that. Like, just... Or, you know, if you are at a, if at a party or if you're sat at a table with someone, like... There's nothing wrong with just turning to the person next to you. Like people think that you getting out of a conversation is going to lead to some kind of massive breakdown, but like, yeah, just, you can just sort of, you can just politely say, look, I really don't want to talk about it at the moment. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. Huge. Really cool. If you can manage to do that. Mm. I, um, what you're saying, not saying there is you're not saying my art isn't worthy of being talked about. You're saying you aren't worthy of, of me hearing talking, about my of you hearing about it. Like, yeah. you're not cool enough, basically. You're just not cool enough. I'm sorry, mum, you're not cool enough. Yeah. I love you, mum. Love but you, but you're, you're not, cool not, not going to get this. Yeah, you're not going to get this. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Cool. And now I wanted to move on to discussing how we uh, keep up our creativity over Christmas, but simultaneously, if we need rest, which I think, like, I literally think probably everybody needs a rest now that we come to the end of this year. Like, how do we balance creativity coming through December, but also taking the time we need? Mm, so tricky. I'm doing a masterclass on this with my new collect, um, collective, the Inspired Collective, which is my new subscription. We're going to dive deep into this topic because I think it's really important on Sunday. So if, you, if that is something that interests you, you can sign up to my subscription on my website. But I do want to just kind of glance on it now. Because I think it's tricky. Super tricky. And I'm dealing with it right now. We have a book launch in December. We have work to do in December. But I need rest. And I want to keep working throughout December because I know the pain of going cold turkey during Christmas and then having to ramp up in January. It's very difficult to do that when you go cold turkey. So mm. I want to keep the thread of creativity through the Christmas break uh, so that when it comes to January, it's not like, okay, here we go again. And you're like, got to wind yeah. it up again. I think, I mean, what I would say is either um, halve what you're doing mm. is a good a good approach. So if you're currently writing 500 words a day, write 250. Yeah. Or if you're current, or alternatively, you could have de uh, more days off. Yeah, I like that. But one keep more. going. Yeah. So maybe you usually work write seven days a week, but now you take the full weekend. Yeah. You don't do anything, or you take Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you don't do any writing. Yeah. Or you write Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, I love that. And just keeping a little bit going. But I think you should definitely think about reducing how much you're doing over December. Me too. But in in favor of not stopping completely and not... Like, so you want to keep the connection going, but you don't want to burn out. That They're the two things. And you want to give yourself a rest because rest is super important. Mm. I really feel sorry for, like, so many of these... Um, something I was really thankful for today is that we aren't traditionally published. Yeah. Because, like, you see some of these authors and they, they're like, just... My, my book just released then the next day they're like well time to get back to writing the next book it's like just yeah, give yourself a week off man yeah they've got someone breathing down their neck mm. and it's like if you're in a position where you don't have someone someone pushing you like just set your own schedule yeah. make it work 
Yeah. I think ironically, when we don't have someone setting our own schedule, we um, we become our own worst bosses. So I think uh, this is an opportunity to sit down with that inner critic, that inner boss, the person who's pushing you internally, in the voice that's pushing you internally, and be like, schedule some fucking time off and really be like, I need you to be on my side. I need you to support me. We need rest. This year has been a shit show. I need time for myself. And really negotiating that with your inner critic. It's infinitely better to schedule rest than to just procrastinate Oh, for so many reasons. But I think chief among them is that when you schedule rest, you're not breaking any trust. Yeah. And therefore you're keeping your momentum going. So if you're saying I'm definitely going to rest for like 25th of December to 30th of December, Mm -hmm. then what you're saying is like, don't worry. Like, and then on the 31st, I'm back to it. Yeah. I mean, that was so perfectly said Mm. is when we schedule rest, we don't break trust. I love the way you say that. There's a whole chapter in my book about how exhausting procrastination is. Procrastination isn't rest. It isn't rest. I know so many people, like I know so many creators who do this is they say, oh, I'm going to create today. Then they don't because they procrastinated all day. And then they they say that that day was a rest day yeah when all they did was procrastinate which is more tiring than work the earlier in the day you can give up the better yeah if you know it's going to happen yeah if you can can see the signs and you can say this day is too hard i've got like three parties or something and like yeah you know or i'm just tired like if you if you wake up in the morning and you're fucking wrecked and you sit down at your computer and nothing comes out for like the first half an hour and you should really think about being like, I'm done. Yeah, especially in this month. Yeah, especially this time of year when everything's coming to an head. It's been a freaking crazy year. Like, I mean, even even for us down here where we only had one lockdown at the beginning of the year, like it's still been a weird as fuck yeah, year. Yeah, I'm tired AF. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I just want you to see this as like permission, just permission. Like just give yourself permission to just stop and give up and don't keep pushing when you're this tired. Don't keep pushing and procrastinating when you're this tired because it will make you more exhausted. Just give yourself the day off. Just mm. give yourself the day off. Yeah. Yeah. Give those tiny little bits so that you feel like you've always got a finger on the pulse of your art throughout December. But like that's it. You just know the the beat of your art throughout December. But you're not super invested. You're not giving it your all unless you've got projects due. But just keep your finger on the pulse of your creativity this December. And then in January, you're not going to have to start from scratch. And that will save so much energy. Mm. Because the energy of having to start from scratch is monumental. And I hate it. Yeah, I was experiencing this last year. I was reading my old... Uh, journals and blogs and i was really nervous and you get very nervous about it because when you take like two weeks off completely cold turkey you start getting nervous about having to ramp up again whereas if you're in and out in and out in and out the nerves of starting up again aren't there because you're already with your art you may only be lightly touching it but you're with it so Mm. there's not that fear of having to start again 100 (sighs) percent. yeah any more christmas advice for creatives I don't know. Just like read, read oh, and consume. Yeah. consume. Just use it. As, I love Christmases. I always read the most fiction around Christmas. Like, just give yourself permission to just indulge in whatever entertainment fills your cup the most. Like, yeah. binge watch a TV show, read a trashy book, or whatever a book that you wouldn't wouldn't normally consider serious enough to read. Yeah. Although I think that's stupid anyway. But like, just go do some escapism yeah i agree you you are the creator and you deserve to you know have time where you intake other people's creativity mm. and, and i think that's like it's not necessarily a time to just go and watch the office on repeat yeah again. the numbing out and then go and find something that's going to really fill your cup up like go and find 
something you've, you've really wanted to watch or or something you've really wanted to re-watch that was really beautiful and inspiring mm. to you or re-read or yeah for me um like it's been a massive journey for me understanding what brings energy in and i've spoken about this before i think maybe even in the last podcast episode but in the compendium my journaling prompt book the first prompt is what brings energy in what brings energy out i think this is a really good time to start looking at what brings energy in what fills your cup up and it's taken me so long to learn what fills my cup up because we have been i think culturally and societally divorced from what it is that brings us energy like we're just not taught to really pay attention to what brings us energy and so for me it's taken a real like reacquaintance and i've had to 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 learn what it is that brings me rest and brings me energy again um but for me over christmas i'm just going to list stuff because i always appreciate when people tell me how they rest like puzzles give me huge amounts of rest sudoku like these things that kind of like they're not numbing but they kind of give my brain a rest mm. i might listen to an audiobook while i do these things and it's just kind of like alone time with me like my hands are busy my brain's kind of busy my ego kind of quietens down while i do these activities i play cards a lot by myself mm. and i often will listen to something while i do it i really enjoy those kind of activities to rest yeah same like video games is a much better rest to me than tv yeah or scrolling my phone i think just distinguishing between what's numbing Mm. and what's rest yeah yeah for sure you know i scrolling for two hours is numbing and it doesn't bring me energy in Mm, same all it does it it quietened my ego and i was obviously having too much too much chatter yeah and And i I think that's when like you think oh i'm watching tv but you're really scrolling you're really scrolling your phone yeah i mean obviously i don't pretend to be any kind of like concentration guru or anything yeah but i think it's it's really self-evident or it's clear to me that you've got to pick an activity usually and like you know for you and you say you can listen to an audiobook and do sudoku that's slightly different because like one is very passive and one yeah. is hands-on but like yeah. i think if you're trying to do two screens at once two like screens that's always is no a great da- disaster no. basically yeah and you know what you can put your phone in the other room yeah you're allowed to do that yeah totally totally and this is not to demonize scrolling like fuck man my times on my phone are hectic mm. but it's just about making sure we really focus on what's bringing energy in over this last month so that you can actually feel refueled, not just like you're treading water. Mm. And I know so many of us are just treading water and that's why we're doing the numbing things because we're trying to like, you know, recalibrate our central nervous systems, which are actually fried. So we're doing all this like scrolling, you know, consuming media that we've already consumed. So it just soothes us. But like, let's actually like actively try and find things that bring the energy in. I think the part of the, the phone thing is like, it's much harder to sit down and read a book with your phone next to you because yeah. your brain knows. It yeah, knows yeah, it's right yeah. there. Like it's very aware. Like we know this now. Your brain, even if you're not consciously thinking about it, your brain is subconsciously going, holy crap, there's all the information in the world right there. Yeah. And it's and we're reading a book? Yeah. It doesn't get it. The brain, like our brain just isn't prepared. So mm. just go put it, you can go put it in the other room. It will make it so much easier for you. Love that. Just when you can't, if you can't see it and your brain knows it's not there, then it's just not going to go for it. So you can actually do something that really makes you rest. Yeah. Be on your own side, I guess. That's just mm. kind of like, it's looking after yourself. Yeah. It's definitely. truly looking after yourself. Yeah. I love it. And then when you need to numb, you can go get your phone. And yeah. And not knocking it. Yeah. Sometimes we need to numb. Sometimes we do. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I'm sending you a lot of love and just give yourself permission to just go slowly. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. All right, bye. Bye.